welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Uncle Red and Aunt yeah. Ruth Ann. I appreciate <laughs> you getting together with me for this. And I'll kind of try to introduce you guys a little bit and let you help out and fill in the details. But um, you guys live here in Hillsboro, and um, Uncle Red, you um, are one of 12, you told me before. You grew up with a, in a big family with a lot of siblings. Right. And um, what, what, where did you grow up at? I had, they tell me I haven't grown up yet. Uh, in Arkansas. Arkansas? No. Okay. And then Ruth Ann, um, mm-hmm. where, did, where did you grow up? In? St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis. North St. Okay. Louis. North St. Louis. Hyde okay. Park area. Okay. <laughs> All right. And um, then you've you've had three sons. One of them died as pretty early in, in Nine childhood. years old. Nine he, years old. Yep. Killed okay. right out in front of the house. Okay, right out here. Or, no, when no. we lived in Pine Lawn. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, Red, you've, um, your career was in, um, like, working with the union, right? Yeah. Okay. Labor. 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 And you're, yeah. you're retired now. <clears throat> yeah. I've been 28 years. And you're into whittling and music and things uh, like that? Whittling. Whittling, okay. And then, Ruthann, were um, did you have a profession? Were you a teacher, or um, did were... well, I wasn't until I was thirty years old. I went back to school. I started college when I was thirty. Oh, did you? Yeah, because uh, I found out all the donated time I was doing up at the school. The principal told me, you know, if you get 60 credits, I can pay you for this. Okay, so you were in volunteer at first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd call me. The principal would call me. I live right down the street. Mm -hmm. Can you come and take this class? The teacher got sick, and we're waiting for a substitute this afternoon. And I had no credits or anything, but I'd go down there and take care of them until the sub got there and got paid. (laughs) Okay. Right, so you went to school, and then you were an official teacher and got paid. And yeah, everything. I was only going to go for my 60 credits, so I could substitute. Okay. But in the meantime, a friend of his passed away from a brain cancer, and um, his um, wife had no profession, and she had three children. Okay. So... My honey here said, why don't you go and get your full teaching certificate? So that's how come I became a full-time teacher. Okay. So, Where did you guys meet at? Her mom, <clears throat> her mom had a restaurant right across the street from where I worked. And I was, we ate over there every night. That's where okay. we met. Was that in um, St. Louis? St. Louis, Cry Packing Company, across the street from Cry Packing Company. Okay. 21st and Farrar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, um, and then I think at some point you moved out to Fenton, and then you moved out here in Hillsboro after that, right? Uh, moved yeah. to Pine Lawn first. 
Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, when the three boys were small. Mm-hmm. And then to Fenton, and then out here in Hillsboro. Okay. Well, I heard a little bit about, um, what was your son's name who died? John. John. John Carl. Okay. I heard a little bit about um, him through um, Jerry. Jerry was, um, I saw some kind of a write-up on him, because he's an artist, and, you know. And, oh, our oldest son. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he was mentioning uh, just things that had uh, impacted his life, and he mentioned John's yeah. death. Yes, very so, much so. So, um, what uh, was that? A lot of times, um, when things like that happen, there really makes you know it's a really difficult impact on a marriage and things like that. Was that? Um, you know what you guys experienced in your own marriage after that, or, or how? What was? I don't think so. No, I think we just made us closer. <clears throat> Did it? To okay. Kind of protect and care for each other more. Okay. When yeah. it happened, I always said if I hadn't had two, <clears throat> if I hadn't had two other kids to take care of, I'd have probably been the first man off the arch. It was that bad, you know. But, hmm. but when you got an other other family to take care of, you just got to grin and bear it, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. Yeah. So you all are um, Christians, and you're part of the Catholic tradition. I am. You are? Okay, so you're not red. No. Okay. So um, are you a part of any kind of uh, Christian tradition? Or? No. Okay. I was a Baptist, but, but I haven't. He was raised Baptist, and he even oh. led singing in in the church. Okay. When he was oh. about eleven years old. A singer, I didn't know that. He yeah. he he won't say that, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how did you get away from it, or or what happened? I don't know. I just got lazy, I guess. Okay. And then, um, you were. So your mom was. Um, Involved in the Catholic Church, and yes. I guess that's how you were raised yeah. up, right? And stuff, as they say, a cradle Catholic, right? Okay. And then throughout your marriage, um, then did you just practice your faith on your own? Then? Yes, I did. Okay. Yep. Okay. And raised the three boys as Catholic. Okay. But now, after John was killed. They were like at an impressionable age. They were eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. and uh, each one blamed themselves. Hmm. And it took a long time for me to get that out of them. Hmm. Why they behaved that way, mm-hmm. you know. So you can't blame yourself, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, anyway, that's. They kind of, I fought with them every Sunday, going to church and coming back from church. So I talked to the priest, and he um, he said, leave them alone. He said, when they get ready, they'll decide what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So he said, it's not worth fighting to <laughs> drag them to church, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't do any good. Mm-hmm. So that's where we left it, and now 
Jim, Jim, he reads the Bible occasionally, and Jerry has gone off in a different direction as to practice his the faith that he has in nature and in the Indian ways of praying outside and things like that. So they believe in something. Mm-hmm. And I, years and years ago, when I was, I think it was about in the fourth grade, you know, I went to Catholic school from first grade to eighth grade. And uh, the nun, there was a question asked about, what about the kids that went to public school? Wouldn't they go to heaven, you know? And she said, well, of course, it doesn't make any difference what church you go to as long as you believe in God. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot that, but as I got older, I thought, wow, she could have gotten in trouble oh, saying really? that. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when way back then, the Catholic Church was the one true church. That's it. Mm-hmm. But uh, then when I got into teaching, I myself taught in the Catholic schools for 20 years. And I, that always came up. And I'd always tell them the same thing, what the nun told me. Mm-hmm. You have to believe, and it doesn't make any difference where you worship God. Mm-hmm. So. so what gives you confidence um, in your beliefs like, um, for example, a lot of times when I'm talking with people like this, I might be talking to an atheist who doesn't, you know, doesn't believe. All right. So, um, you know, what, um, you know, is there anything in particular that gives you confidence? Oh, when John was killed, the only thing that ever gave me peace was saying the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. And if you listen to the words that you say, mm-hmm. It's very calming to me. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, I don't know. It is, it happens, whatever's supposed to happen, happens. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I think. Mm-hmm. But. Hmm. So, um, Red, what are your um, kind of um, fundamental beliefs about like reality and? God, is that I, something you think about? Or? No, I just believe that you... <clears throat> Red? I can't get to it. I just believe that you have to be a good person mm-hmm. and believe in God. Mm-hmm. That's all. So. I want some water. I want some water. Won't do no good. Oh. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> um... Well, what has, um, well, tell me about your marriage. Like, what, um, uh, what's um, been hel- helpful for you and just your marriage, the things that, what makes for a good marriage relationship, in your guys' opinions? <clears throat> I, I don't know. Like I said, you try to, try to do right and be, be a good person and, Mm-hmm. Try to take care of your family, which yeah. you've tried to do, mm-hmm. and have a good wife. Mm-hmm. Well, I know people don't believe us when we say this, but mm-hmm. we've never had an argument, and it'll be 64 years in October. Oh, really? Wow. 
you sit down and you talk about things. You let each other know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's wrong with the young people today. They, they don't know what the other guy's doing or what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. They don't have time to sit down and talk. They don't even talk at mealtime. Because mm-hmm. right. a lot of times they don't have a meal together. <laughs> yeah. But right. I don't know. We've always talked things over. And, you know, uh, I, I let him know what I'm going to do and what I'm thinking. He does the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it was important. That's important mm-hmm. that you share and that you know each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't tell you. I asked him out. <laughs> That's how you first got started? Yeah. <laughs> I asked him if he'd go to the prom with me. Oh, really? And okay. he says, I've never been to a prom. I said, well, do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I've often told him, aren't you sorry? He says, yes. <laughs> My brother-in-law was always telling me, why don't you ask Ruth to go out? I said, Joe, she's only about 14 years old. I, th- I thought she was only 14 or 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Turned out she was 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, that was way back then, a long time ago. Yeah. So, when, you know, when you mentioned um, talking, like, is that like in a, purposeful way like do you sit down at a certain time to talk or is it just kind of as you go throughout your day and right. so forth okay yeah uh, we do a lot of our talking i know this sounds weird but when we go to bed and it's it's quiet and there's no commotion going on we talk in okay. bed <laughs> okay we've always done that oh, wow. but then too like like you say whenever something come up we just tell what's on our mind and let it go with that you know (laughs) as you could probably tell i'm more of a listener than a talker (laughs) okay (laughs) that's the teacher i talk all the time (laughs) well um when it comes what's made an impact on your life like are there any books or experiences that you've had or people or something that's really kind of made an impact on your your lives to change the course of your life or or that's made you who you are today mm. i can't i can't think of anything except oh my my one younger brother uh he you know i mean him and i were like this he was 10 years younger than me mm-hmm. and uh, I carried him on my shoulder on, from <laughs> when he was a baby all over all over Jonesboro that's why they both had red hair and a big <laughs> nose <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of anything though that, that changed anything uh, is your younger brother still alive no he's he dead okay did you guys stay pretty close throughout your lives oh yeah he moved down to Owensville, and uh, I only went down there about once a month or week. <laughs> Me and Jake went down there fishing all the time. Okay. So I went to his house. Yeah, we were real close. Yep. That's his dog. 
Oh, yeah, we got his dog when he passed away. We, oh, we inherited a four-legged creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you, Ruthann? Yes. Any um, thing that has kind of happened in your life or any books you've read or people you've encountered that have you know made a pretty significant impact in your life? Well, other than the principal at Garfield, Dr. Wright, telling me to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was too old to start college at 30 years old. Hmm. And uh, from there, it just kind of rolled along and became a classroom teacher. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I loved it. I loved the kids. And when hmm. I retired, I missed them a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and at holidays, certain holidays, I, I always think about because on St. Patrick's Day, everybody in my room came, became Irish. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could put uh, MC in front of their name or the letter O in front of their name. Like, uh, I, had, I don't know, should I say their last name for sure? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I'll, I'll use the neighbor's name. Uh, if their name was Stromsky... They became Ostromsky oh, yeah. or Mixtromsky. <laughs> I see, yeah. <laughs> Things like that. I really miss doing with them. Huh. It was fun, a fun thing. Yeah. So, Sounds like fun. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. But that, that's about the only thing that I can think of that really switched my life around because I was happy being just a mom, mm-hmm. staying at home. Yeah. And uh, volunteering when they needed me, and and uh, he even had me up there. And some mothers that he knew could do it, um, teaching um, vocabulary like the phonics and and tutoring on reading and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. That was before he told me mm-hmm. I could get paid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what's your church practice like? Do you go like on Sundays mm-hmm. or seven okay. o'clock Sunday mass? Okay. And I lead the rosary on Sunday mornings at seven o'clock. Well, at six thirty, really. Okay. For me, but I really miss going to church. I haven't been since because oh, of the quarantine. Since they locked us in. Right. Oh. Do you want to get that? As far as for me, <clears throat> I quit school when I was about not quite 15 years old mm-hmm. and uh, came to St. Louis. I couldn't get a job because I wasn't old enough. You had to have a work, work permit. Mm-hmm. So a fellow phoned me up a birth certificate, and I went down and got a birth permit and went to work. Mm-hmm. And I worked. Can you edit that? Yeah, I can edit oh. that. <laughs> And I worked in uh, several places, you know. And then I worked at Carlo, Lander and Carlo's Cosmetic Company to start with. Mm-hmm. And I had a appendicitis attack, my appendix burst, so I was out. Well, when I went back to school, I went to work for Broadway Box Company. Mm-hmm. And from there, I worked there about a year, and then I went to Cry Packing Company, and I, I was there for 20, almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. 18 and I they, I worked in the cooler and they had an opening in the clerk's department 
but I had no education, but I went and took the test. There was 12 of us took the test, and I got the job. And they all accused me of cheating, and I said, well, I got the job. I don't know how, you know. I, mm-hmm. I passed the test. So. so I ended up as a clerk then for the next, I don't know, eight, seven or eight years, payroll, payroll clerk. And then uh, they asked me to come out to the union to take over the secretary's job. And I did that then for the next 18 years. Mm-hmm. So what was your home life like when you were young with all those kids? <laughs> Good. Good? Yeah. Fun. Never had never had any problems. You lived in a city or in, out in the no, country? No, we lived out in the country most of the time. Okay. Lived in a little, little place called Bonnie, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then we moved all over. My dad was a sharecropper. So we moved three times a year sometimes. You know, that's why I never went to school much. Mm-hmm. And we, we moved to Jonesboro, and then I lived in Jonesboro for, I don't know, six or seven years, I guess. And I, I worked in a garage. When I, when I quit school, Mom thought I was going to school. Every morning I'd go like I was going to school, but I went to the garage and went to work. Oh, and then yeah. at, at supper time, I'd run, change my clothes and run home and eat supper and then go back to the garage. Mm-hmm. She, she thought that she thought all the time that she knew I worked at the garage, but she thought it was just in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And she got a letter from school. No, I hadn't been to school for six weeks. <laughs> well, she we didn't have phones, mm-hmm. so she just threw the letter away. She knew her son was going to school every day. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that's. It. But like I said, with, with twelve kids, you know you. So were you up toward the top, like odor, or you third, were you? third from the top? Third from the top. Yeah. Okay. So did you stick pretty close to your siblings throughout your life? And oh yeah, yeah, yeah we, we did. Throughout we all got married and scattered around, but we're still all within a close area. Are you? They all yeah. keep in contact. Oh, yeah. do you? Yeah. I got a brother who lives in Fredericktown, and a sister lives in Fredericktown. Two sisters in Fredericktown, don't I? Mm-hmm. One. And, uh, and uh, one in Arkansas. Well, one in Arkansas now. So, well, no, he's passed away though now. No, honey, Laveda, Laveda. Well, she's in, she's in. In Arkansas. And in Potosi. Oh well, yeah. They got a house in Potosi <laughs> in there, so. They're travelers. <laughs> okay. They got two houses and can't sell either one of them. Mm-hmm. Trying to sell one. Mm-hmm. So. Um, was like big families like that common in your area, or were you unusual? With- no, they were very common. Were they? Okay. Yeah. And and the country, you had to have a, a lot of kids to work on the farms. That's the idea, you know. Mm-hmm. There was another family, friend friends of ours. There was fifteen of them, fifteen oh, right. kids. So, wow. You know, we were we were a small family. <laughs> we only had twelve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. And then did your siblings have big families too, or did they, no. when they moved no. away from the farm, it kind of just... No. Uh, Estelle's the only one that has the most. She had four, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's about it. No, no nobody had more than four. Okay. We had three. Well, I wanted 12 boys. Oh, did you? <laughs> and he told me, if we have 12 of anything, you won't find me here. <laughs> I guess he didn't want a big family. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Uh, I know how. I know how tough it is to feed them. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Um. 
So anyway, I was asking you about like your kind of routine with your with Christianity and the church and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting to me because I'm a, not Catholic, but I'm Christian too. Mm-hmm. So, and this is something I think about. I was just wanting to know your thoughts on it. Like, you know, when you walk into your the church building, the um, the center thing is like the cross with Jesus uh, mm-hmm. being crucified on it. Behind the altar, yeah. Yeah. And um, I kind of think of that as like the center of the Christian faith. Like if you zero in on just the very center, it's Jesus being crucified and his resurrection. Mm-hmm. So what's the significance of that for you? Like what does it mean to you or, you know, what's... Well, first of all, it's just a symbol to remind you of Jesus dying for your sins and he is rising to show that you do have a chance to get to heaven. Okay. You know, um, if you try to, like Cheryl said, be be the best that you can be and treat others the way you would like to be treated, uh, follow God's rule and thank Jesus for what he's done for us. And... I know a lot of people think that all the statues and things that they're in church are that they're worshipped, but they're not. They're there to remind you of who they were. Mm-hmm. Like there's a statue of Mary and there's a statue of Saint Joseph, you know, and mm-hmm. it just says that he was in the taking care of Jesus on earth. Mm-hmm. For the Lord in heaven. So when you talk about Jesus dying for us, our mm-hmm. sins, you mean like how we think of it, or I think of it, it's like a sacrifice. Is that right. kind of what you mean? Yes, like, yes. Kind of like um, yes. there's a penalty to be paid, and he paid pays it. it. Right. 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 For those who turn and trust him, follow him, and so right. forth. Yeah. And he'll always take you back if you fall off the road there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a chance to come back and say, I realize that I have made a mistake. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And then start all over again, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. My opinion. So. Um, well, what kind of... Uh, Routines do you guys have either together or just separately that's meaningful to you and just things that you do in your life that uh, you enjoy? Most things we do together. Do you? Okay. <clears throat> when, we, when we travel, we used to, we, we, we tri- traveled a lot, tried to, you know, even when the kids were little. Just for pleasure? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we tr- we did, always did everything together pretty much. Mm-hmm. Even Little League. Literally, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a trip. <laughs> he was always the manager. But somehow or other, uh, the parents weren't that involved. They dropped the kids off at the pickup spot, you know, where, where everybody met to go to the ball game, to take them to their game. Mm-hmm. And, oh, gosh. I'd probably be arrested today because, you know, back then they didn't have seat belts. Right. And we had a station wagon. 
Mm-hmm. And I'd have as high as eight kids in there. Mm-hmm. We'd put all the equipment underneath where the spare tire was supposed to be. And then we'd stagger the kids, you know, one head to the left, the next head to the right. So all yeah. the feet were in the middle. And, mm-hmm. and then there was room up in front for at least two or three. Yeah. He had a little bitty tiny car called a Simca. Hmm. And he would take Johnny, our youngest boy, and one or two other kids. That's all could fit in there. <laughs> so that was fun. Mm-hmm. And then our very first game, the very first time we ever went to a game, he hands me the scorebook and he says, here, keep score. I said, I don't want to keep score. Just go over there and have that kid teach you. Well, it was the team we were playing. We both belonged to the same club, the Craig Club, you mm-hmm. know, in uh, – <laughs> So I said, okay, I'm over here. You got to teach me how to keep score. <laughs> That's how I learned. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, no, that, that was fun when we, when we were young. <laughs> and uh, it was just something that we enjoyed doing with our kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, we always, we always, our thoughts were always around our family, all are always around the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, just about whatever we did, right, Cheryl? We never, <clears throat> never one time had a babysitter when they were little. No, <laughs> we took care of them ourselves and, mm-hmm. and that stayed was, at home or took them with us. <laughs> and that was really bad because when my dad passed away, his older sister and her husband, they lived across the street from us in Pine Lawn. And they came down to Sullivan, where my parents lived at that time, and uh, took the three boys home with them the day before the funeral. And all I, I can still close my eyes and see them all lined up at the back of their station wagon, crying their little hearts out, mm. because they'd never been away from us. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Uh, but that I don't know. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. I I don't know. They did. Go, they went to school though, right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They went to school right down the street from where the principal called me to come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And our youngest Johnny, uh, we had a dog that had puppies, mm-hmm. and we kept the the runt of the group. And uh, he was always around kids. So when Johnny started kindergarten, so did the dog. (laughs) He learned how to get out of the yard. He was a little bitty guy, Mm -hmm. but he climbed the fence like a ladder. Hmm. Yeah. And the principal called, the secretary would call, and she said, Ruth, I think your dog's up here. No, he's out in the yard. No, he's up here. And he, she says, and we tried tying him up, but oh my goodness, what a row he made. So they turned him loose in the office and closed the door until mm-hmm. I got up there. Yeah. But he was going to be smart. Cheryl was going to be smart, and he put a hook on his collar. So mm-hmm. it would hook on the chain link fence. Uh-huh. 
And you know, I watched that dog. He didn't know where I was. He started to climb, and it hooked on the fence. He dropped back down, and he kind of looked down, and he put his paw underneath that hook Hmm. and climbed right up that fence. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. (laughs) So, I mean... Just goofy things like that that I think about, I think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we, uh, when the boys got older and we didn't go too much on, you know, vacations or whatever. And then uh, we start taking the grandkids. Mm-hmm. And at one time we had six grandkids go on vacation with us. Oh, wow. One wasn't even two years old yet, mm-hmm. he, but he was going to go on cation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so much fun. Well, hmm. you'll, you'll never believe how much fun it was. <laughs> Where did you go? Oh, geez. Smoky Mountains. Yeah. First time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we, t- we took them all over. <laughs> yeah. D- different places. And, and uh, then I guess the last time was. Um, the two youngest kids that weren't working, the two youngest grandkids, James and Jacob. Mm-hmm. And uh, where did we go? South Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota. Yeah. We went to South Dakota when the boys were, uh, they were still, while well, they were working. I mean, they were, what, teenagers? The boys, our boys. <coughs> yeah, yeah our Jerry boys. and Jim. Yeah. And uh, we were going to go to South Dakota. <laughs> They're going too. Well, they were working at McDonald's. But, <laughs> they quit and went with us. He ain't going nowhere without us. So, so what makes up your days now that you, um, you know, the ki- kids are gone and you're kind of, it's not so easy to run around and do things now. Like what um, fills up your time? Laying on the couch is mine. Oh, is it? <laughs> all, all this summer, all year. Yeah. It's all I've done. Well, he's, he has uh, spinal stenosis. And that's keeping him down. But you do do things. What well, do you do? I do a little bit. Yeah. Ain't much. Well, tell him what you do. What do I do? <laughs> I started, I finally, I, I, I got my guitar out and I couldn't play it, so I put it back away. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I had it out in almost a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then I did start whittling again, doing some whittling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Making things with peach seeds and, and whittling canes and, and that kind of thing. Okay, wow. Well, that's the last. That's I just made that one. Yeah. And that's the first thing I've done for since well, I couldn't do nothing. I felt like I was just doing just nothing. Is that because of your back? Yeah. So what is that? My back. <clears throat> and then I fell and I tore my shoulder up. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a crazy two or three years for me. Hmm. Had pneumonia, was in the hospital, mm-hmm. and then had both eyes operated on, my shoulder operated on, and mm-hmm. and then I fell and messed his other shoulder up. Hmm. Need to get it done now. Well, in fact, I got an appointment coming up to try to get them to do something. They wouldn't wouldn't work on it before. Mm-hmm. My they said my heart wouldn't take the. They put me out. I might not come back. Mm-hmm. But the heart doctor, he said, "Oh, that's crazy." He said, "That's." I didn't tell him that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
What what is that spinal stenosis? Spinal stenosis. Stenosis. Yeah, a narrowing of the spinal column, where it presses on nerves. Oh, the, yeah, the bone builds up. They, I see. They went okay. in yeah. and did a. I went to pain management because they they wouldn't operate on me, so I went to pain management and they did a thing, put a little hole in there the size of a pea, mm-hmm. and put this whatever in there and trim the bone away from the nerve. Mm-hmm. But that didn't work very good either because it's still mm-hmm. still bad. So it um, pinches the nerve or pushes against it. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. it like pain shoot down your leg when? The oh nerve? yeah, yeah. Okay. all the way to my toes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So is it pretty has been has it been frustrating the last few years uh dealing with this or is it uh, the last year, yes. Very That's, frustrating, yeah. Yeah. Is it you seeing progress? Are you coming out the other side of it or I ain't seen much progress yet. That's why I've got an appointment to try to get my shoulder fixed. I get that fixed, and then I can work on my back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I can't lift this arm, you know, any any more than right right there because I got my. I don't know if I got a torn rotor cuff again or what, but it's really bad. I mean, I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. They gave me a shot in it about five weeks ago, and they didn't do nothing. So. Mm-hmm. So what do you enjoy doing, Ruthann? Oh, I like to read and crochet, and uh, I have uh, peripheral neuropathy in my hand. So when I crochet, I can do so much, and then I have to rest my hands a little bit. But mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about starting practicing the piano again to oh, really? limber up my fingers and oh, stuff, yeah. hopefully. But first, got to get a shot here. I have a trigger finger. Uh, so if I'm not careful and I bend it too far, it'll snap down in the palm of my hand. So oh, I see. That wow. won't work. Mm-hmm. But, no, I like to read. I love to read. He reads a lot, too. Oh, what kind yeah. of stuff do you guys like to read? Uh, I like to read everything, mm-hmm. but he's stuck on I westerns. Like, I like westerns, <laughs> like Louis L'Amour western kind of writing, you know. Yeah. And uh, but he, tell him about the book you just finished. Oh, I just <clears throat> my I say my secretary. She wasn't my secretary, <laughs> but anyway, she, they, her and her sister, they bought me a book, Blue Highways. You know, I've. Yeah, I think I've. That's an older book, isn't it? Yeah. Like about a guy who uh, takes side roads. Mm-hmm. I've had that book before. I don't think I read it. I may oh, have read the beginning. Well, the one I got's hard to read because you can't. You got to keep bending it to read, read it. You know, it goes got, down in the. It's got the print down in it. <laughs> yeah. And I got it about 1978, I guess, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I just finished it last week. <laughs> Was it good? <laughs> Oh, it got real interesting because when he got up into the New England states, he, he talks about all of the, the little towns and stuff that he, he went through. He made a circle around the whole United States mm-hmm. and uh, 11, a little over 11,000 miles, mm-hmm. just him and his truck. He was a, he was a professor at Washington, Missouri University. Mm-hmm. And he, he quit his job there and just started traveling. Him and his wife stood up, I think, so. You just start traveling around the country, hmm. trekking all blue highways. Right. 
which stands for like the the map. The, yeah. the small roads were blue on the map. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I'm so proud of him. He finished it finally. I thought I'd never finish it. It's hard to read because you can't hold it. You got to keep bending it back. Yeah. And my hands don't work that good anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I finally did finish it last week, and it got real interesting. About the last half of the book was real interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, um, what, what do you guys think about just kind of to finish with a couple questions about just your, what, what do you guys think makes for a satisfying life? Do you have any thoughts about that? I've been satisfied, so no, I don't know. You know, we talk about this once in a while, but every once in a while I bring it up. And um, from where we came from as children, mm-hmm. him from, you know, a sharecropper, mm-hmm. me from the North St. Louis area, and to have what we have, mm-hmm. we're very thankful. Mm-hmm. Very thankful. And you thank, thank the Lord that... He let us do what we did. Yeah. You know. But it's unbelievable. I never, ever in my life thought I'd live where I'm living right now. And I love it. Hmm. I'm a city kid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I always love the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, really like it out here. Love it. Yeah. It is pretty out here. Mm-hmm. You have a really nice place here, Thank too. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, um, we worked hard to get it, but yeah, you know what we've got. It. I went to school, like I said, I went to school in seventh grade, mm-hmm. but I I went to Rankin for electronics. Oh, did you? And, okay. uh, I went there for almost two years, I guess. But then my son got killed. Mm-hmm. I dropped out. <clears throat> well, well, it was during the school was out for the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went back, that happened in August, the end of August, and I went back to school the first September. Couldn't keep my mind on anything. Mm-hmm. They asked me to drop out for one semester and then come back. I dropped out, but I didn't go back. Then I, I had changed jobs then, too, in the packing house. Mm-hmm. That's when I got the clerk's job. Mm-hmm. And I was happy in there because I was out of that cold. I worked on a cooler man. Mm-hmm. They said it was 38 degrees, but there was ice on the floor all the time. So. <laughs> hmm. And I got, got into the clerks then, and I was I was happy where I was at then. I had a good job. I always thought the packing house, I thought these people were the lousiest people in the world, you know, to work for. And I found out they were good people. Hmm. It was me. <laughs> I yeah. was the one that, that was lousy, not them. Oh, I don't think so. Well, I was always a—I never done anything bad, but I was always a— A jokester. <laughs> troublemaker, I mm-hmm. guess you'd say, you know. Tell them what you did to the poor man's broom handle. Oh, uh, <laughs> the uh, janitor—who had an old janitor, a little, little German, and uh, he started at 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, he had his broom sitting in the corner— in the, in, in the restroom. So I got his broom and I took it over to the locker room and every night I would whittle, I'd put another one in his place 
I whittled out, I put a chain link in the middle of his broom handle. Oh, did you? That, about this four down, you know. And uh-huh. Stood in the corner when they come in. I told the boss, I said, hey, we want, we're going to take our break at 4 o'clock. He said, why? I said, well, we want to take our break at 4 o'clock. I don't care. It's whenever you want to take it. So at 4 o'clock, we was all lined up on the bench. Here comes Julius in. He walked in and he picked up that broom at the top of it. Happy time, you know. Then he lost. <laughs> when I went to work that night, the boss handed me a note. The Rumsey wanted to see me in the superintendent's office. So I went in, and he handed me this broom. I said, what am I going to do with that? He said, that's not the problem, young fellow. He said, the problem is, what are we going to do with it? It looks like it's no good. I, I said, it looks like it's no good. He said, well, you got that right. <laughs> and I... I said, boy, why don't you get to whoever, who would find who done it and get him. Don't get don't jump on me. So anyway, <clears throat> when I left his office, i never forget. The last thing I told him was, when I found out who done it, I'll be back. I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> he used to do but, stuff like that just to irritate well, just people. Just and, crazy things. Yeah. I had a... Mm-hmm. Nothing I, that was hurtful. Well, never. Had a, had a foreman... And I liked the guy, but he stood right by my desk, right by my where I worked. We worked on a, on a line system, mm-hmm. and he would stand right there because he could see all the way down the line and what everybody was doing. Well, he went out one night, and he he he'd take the sawdust, he'd pile it up to stand on, you know, for his feet. Mm-hmm. And he went out, and I I made a hole in that sawdust and poured a bucket of glue in there. And sprinkled salt. And he, he stepped off and then went over his shoe top <laughs> and jumped on me. I said, hey, don't jump on me. I said, that's somebody trying to get me. <laughs> yeah, I know you little redheaded stuff. <laughs> if I could prove it, I'd fire you out of here. <laughs> but he was, a, he was a good guy. I, uh, he was a boss. Mm-hmm. The fact is, when he, he left, he moved to Greenville, Missouri. Mm-hmm. His name was Zolotoposky. Well, I, when I was working, that was my territory down there, all the way to Poplar Bluff. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'm going to see if I can find John, because there can't be a lot of a lot of a lot of Zolotoposkys in, in Greenville. I got the book out, and there was one. Mm-hmm. I called him up, and so I, I asked for John. She said, "Oh, he's out in the garden. He's working. He was 80 years old, and he's out in the garden." She said. And I told her who I was. She's, oh my God, he'll be so happy. <laughs> I said, I'm not sure he will, but I only come out and see him. So I went out. He was still out in the garden when I got out there. Mm-hmm. I got up close. I said, You don't have a shotgun, do you, John? <laughs> he was, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, he was so happy to see us. And I said, I thought he's going to be, want to shoot me. <laughs> Well, that's neat that you were able to look him up. and. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my other boss, I had two bosses. Uh, the other one was a big red-headed Irishman, mm-hmm. loud Irishman, you know, louder than me. <laughs> and I used to keep him mad all the time. I, I constantly had him mad. Well, when, uh, after I left the cooler and went into the clerk's in, they wanted to... Somebody at the union hall to take over the secretary's job, and his son was the president. He called me up and wanted to meet me for lunch. And I had something he wanted to talk to me about. Well, he wanted me to take the job, and I said, "Charlie, I don't know that I'm qualified to do that." 
he says, your, my mom and dad says you are. His mom was a, taught me in the clerks. Mm-hmm. And she said, mom and dad says you are. And I said, your dad said that about me? <laughs> so, but like I said, he, he was a good guy too, and I really liked him, but I used to keep him mad. <laughs> but that's about, that's about my <laughs> life story in the packing house. <laughs> and then when I went to the union hall, I went out there for, yes, it's come out. And I told him, I said, I'll come up my eyes. I got dry eye. And they say dry eye, but they keep running. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what I started to say now. Oh, anyway, I went, they asked me to come out there for take over the job. I said, well, I'll tell you what, you got an election coming up in nine months. I'll take it for nine months and see how it works. I don't promise you I'll stay. So I went out there for nine months, and I stayed for 20 years. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that was about it. Well, thanks, guys. It was nice just to chat with you and learn more about you all, and I appreciate you guys. And, uh, thanks for doing this. Well, it was interesting. It was. <laughs> Very I had, interesting. I had no idea what it was going to be, but it was interesting. Yeah. Well, another thing you talked about, I tell you, too, when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a family that lived down the field from us, and they were Catholic. Mm-hmm. Well, there were no Catholics down there, period, you know. And mm-hmm. we were the mom, you stay away from them Catholics down there, don't you go around them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it was just the man and his wife, so they didn't have no kids, so we had no reason to go around them anyway. But mom was scared to death of Catholics, and then I wound up marrying one. Uh-huh. That, that, that was my first question. I said, what's your mom going to think? Uh-huh. And he says, well, I'm not marrying her. I'm marrying you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he did, He took instructions, what they call instructions. It was about six lessons or something, telling him what was expected of me. Mm-hmm. As being in a Catholic faith, you know, then mm-hmm. that's all. He didn't have to turn Catholic or anything like everybody thinks you have to. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just think that you and Susan have done such a great job with your children. Thanks. And it seems like you guys get along real well. Yeah, the kids, um, I'm happy about that, too. They're just friends of each other, and I'm really Mm -hmm. glad. They're close. They seem very close. Yeah. And I'm still trying to keep them in line. Yeah. I don't know which one I I used to see all the time. I don't know if it was Jenny or if it was... uh, Ruthie. Ruthie. I'm not sure, but they told me about that, about seeing you. The The Soto. We played music down at the... uh, The well, Soto Food Mart? Flea, uh, food Mart. No, no. Where they sell food, you know, the yeah. groceries and that. I mean, yeah. farm farm stuff. Yeah. And I used to see her down there all the time. When, yeah. When I think it was music. Jenny, maybe. She used to, I think it was Jenny. She used to sell things down there cookies with her friends. Yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah, that's what they were. They were selling cookies or bread, homemade bread. He came bread. home one time with cookies. I said, oh, you yeah. bought something. He says, well, yeah. <laughs> but he, she all come up and so, hi, Uncle Red. And he says, I didn't know who she was. 
she told me about that. Oh, they they changed. Uh, that so was Jenny quick. then. Yeah, yeah. Jenny. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> hey, remember, Will thinks he only has seven children. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. <laughs> you lost count. Uh, now, how many grandkids do you have? Well, we got four. And we're expecting two more. Okay, yeah. Yeah. One is uh, Eddie, right? Yeah, he's expecting. Eddie. And then um, Sarah, she's expecting Billy Sarah. and Sarah. Oh, okay. They All have right. three, and they're expecting one more. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, Ellie and Johnny, they have one. Everly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, aren't they cute when they're little? I just love them to pieces. <laughs> yeah. And then they grow up. Yeah. <laughs> we have our youngest grandson. Well, our son Jim lives just about 900 feet up the road from us. Oh, does and, he? Yeah. Okay. You know, he First. lives on this side. On uh, this property. As yeah. you go out, okay. he's on the right-hand <clears throat> side, Jimmy. Okay. And uh, his youngest son, James, well, he lived down here most of the time. You know, he was little, and Mama decided to go back to work, and mm-hmm. Granddad was retired, so he just hung around with Granddad all the time, and mm. he told him one day, Red had him on his lap and cutting grass. He says, Granddad, when I get big and you get little, I'm going to let you ride on my lap. <laughs> well, he's big, all right, yeah. and Granddad's little. <laughs> <laughs> It worked out that way, and he's he's been wanting to get a picture of Granddad sitting on his lap on the lawnmower. Oh yeah. Oh yes, and it has to be right there where I took the picture of him sitting on Red's lap. <laughs> he's a funny little boy. He looks he, like a big bruiser. He's about two hundred and too much seventy five pounds. And uh, but he he has now. a heart of gold. Hmm. A heart of gold. He's. This, I'll tell you a little bit about him. He uh, was coming home from work one day, and it was really bad winter and snow, and he saw an older man shoveling the sidewalk in front of his house. So he turned around and parked, got out, and he says, here, you give me that shovel, and you go inside where you belong. Hmm. And he shoveled the walk and the, and the porch and everything, and he stood at a... <laughs> And uh, shovel up, and he says, knocked on the door, and he says, now don't you come out here anymore. <laughs> he didn't even know the man. <laughs> but he, no, he, he'd do anything for you. He, he you know, mm-hmm. stranger or not, if he saw you doing something you shouldn't do, like an, that older man trying to clean off his sidewalk, mm-hmm. he would help you. Hmm. You don't yeah. want me to bend over and pick up something. <laughs> Granddad, I'll get that for you. Now we got great grandkids telling him that. Yeah. Yeah. Tristan is eleven. Oh, okay. And he told him the other day, I'll I'll get that. And Granddad says, I can do that. And he says, But we are supposed to help you. <laughs> so I don't know where he got that. We're old and decrepit now, Will. <laughs> Remember that. When you get in your eighties, you're gonna be old and decrepit. <laughs> Uh, Will's got a long ways to go for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Time goes fast. You better believe <laughs> it. It does that. Yes. And it goes faster when you retire. 
So. Yeah. You Maybe really I won't go. retire then. <laughs> yeah, it really goes fast. Go. Then. <laughs> so, well, this this has been very interesting. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life. Thank you.